Okay, listen closely. What do you hear? That's the sound of a gorilla spinning in circles. It's actually the video that inspired a group of researchers to study the phenomena and found that apes intentionally spin themselves to get dizzy. It suggests that humans may have inherited the desire to seek altered mental states from our ancestors. Think about that the next time you're on the merry-go-round. Or hungover. This is Pulse Check. I'm Ben Leonard. Congress's Medicare Advisory Committee, MedPAC, says the government should cut reimbursements for companies that care for Medicare patients in their homes to save $10 billion over five years. They say it wouldn't affect access to care. The Medicare Payment Advisory Commission voted unanimously to recommend that lawmakers reduce base payment rates for the companies by 7%, according to a commission report to Congress released Wednesday. The year-old Advanced Research Projects Agency for Health plans to open its first operational site in Washington, D.C., or its suburbs. ARPA-H Director Renee Wagerson announced the decision at a Tuesday briefing, but didn't reveal the specific location. She said the General Services Administration is currently helping the agency pick an office to lease. And maternal mortality rates in the U.S. have risen sharply, according to new CDC data. Krista Mars here to break it all down. Hi, Ben. So the CDC released some new maternal mortality numbers today, and the data showed that America is the most dangerous wealthy nation to be pregnant and give birth. Can you walk me through what the study found? Sure. So this is new data from the National Center for Health Statistics, which is part of the CDC, and it looks at death certificates. And so this data is compiling the death certificates that had pregnancy as a as one of the causes of death in 2021. And that showed that there were 1,205 women who died in the U.S. of maternal causes in 2021 compared to 861 in 2020. So that is a very large jump. And when you look at it in terms of rates of maternal mortality, which is sort of how that used to measure against different countries, that's a rate of 32.9 deaths per 100,000 live births. And that is just pretty astronomically higher than other wealthy countries that are, for instance, in the OECD. But it's not quite apples and apples because this data is not from 2021. It's from 2020. But if you look at like Korea, for instance, that's 11.8 as opposed to our 32.9. Or if you look at the UK, that's 6.5 deaths per 100,000 births compared to our 32.9. So it's, it's a really, really big difference. Wow, those numbers are really striking. They are. I know the pandemic was a particularly concerning time to be an expecting parent. How did COVID end up impacting this? Well, the people that I spoke to, including the CDC, suggested that there were a couple of ways. We don't know from this data release exactly what happened because the data doesn't include these other contributing factors in terms of the cause of death. But we do know a few things about what happened during the pandemic with pregnant individuals. One is that COVID was more dangerous for people who are pregnant. That is borne out in research from the CDC and also just the way that people's sort of systems when they're pregnant work, they, they're more susceptible to more severe disease. The other thing is that it really impacted the way that people sought their routine care. 
you know that it is more dangerous for you to be out in the world and and perhaps get COVID as a pregnant person, then maybe you're not going to go to every doctor's appointment when something is a little wrong. Or, you know, maybe you're not, you're going to skip every other appointment. It just lessened the amount of chances that doctors had to figure out and see that there was something wrong. And also there were complications like childcare, right? Or as you report on a lot, like telehealth access. You know, not everybody had the same kind of access to telehealth during the pandemic as everybody else. And that actually brings me to another really important part of this data that I didn't bring up earlier, which is that as bad as this data was across the board for all Americans, it was much, much, much worse for Black individuals who were pregnant. Remember I said earlier the rate of deaths for all Americans was 32.9 deaths per 100,000 live births. For Black women, that rate was 69.9. So that's 2.6 times higher than the rate for white women. Black women were absolutely disproportionately impacted by this. And there are kind of several reasons for that as well. What are some of those reasons? Basically, you know, as we know from our own healthcare system and from COVID, there are a lot of social determinants of health that disproportionately impact the Black community in the United States you know, where you live, to what kind of food you have access to, to the level of your wages, or very, very baked in structural bias within the healthcare environment where, you know, Black individuals actually get a different level of treatment than white individuals do in our healthcare system. So you can see how that would play out, you know, in one of the most intensive kind of healthcare processes anybody goes through in their life is, you know, having a kid. There are a lot of places where that can go wrong. And a lot of people actually get discouraged from going and seeking care if they have a negative experience and maybe don't go to as many routine visits as they might have. Do we have a sense of why the U.S. is so far off from other countries in terms of its maternal mortality rate? Well, I talked to one researcher at Harvard who looks at how this plays out globally. And she said that there were in in countries that have very, very low rates of maternal mortality, there are a couple of unifying factors. One is universal health care, which we do not have here. There are a lot of cases in the United States where people are limited by their insurance coverage when it comes to childbirth and the care that they receive after they have their child. And the second she suggested was a midwife-based system, which you get in a lot of different countries, which also is just a totally different model of care than we have in the U.S. when it comes to OBGYNs. Uh, midwives are more like primary care providers for pregnant people, as opposed to going into a hospital setting and kind of having a doctor just evaluate your pregnancy and not sort of your more holistic health. Those were two things that she pointed out that the U.S. didn't do that other countries with better outcomes do. So what has the Biden administration been doing about this? And the Biden administration is focused on this. Um, they recognize that this is an issue. And 
in the budget proposal that came out last week, they made special note that this, you know, continues to be a crisis that the U.S. is a complete outlier among wealthy nations in terms of not being able to get on top of this and that it's disproportionately impacting Black and American Indian and Alaska Native individuals. And so they did allocate $471 million to kind of a broad spectrum of priorities to try to reduce uh, maternal mortality rates by sort of improving health in rural areas and introducing better bias training within healthcare settings to reduce that kind of discrimination that people are experiencing um, in their prenatal and postnatal care. The proposal also requires all states to provide Medicaid coverage for 12 months postpartum, which is not something that all states are doing now. And one other thing, actually, I've seen in my reporting, too, in December, Biden signed a legislation that would require the FCC to kind of incorporate maternal health care outcomes into its broadband maps to try to better target telehealth access to areas that need it more to boost maternal health outcomes. So I think that's one other thing, too, that I've seen. Yeah, that's super interesting um, because one of the other kind of like foundational problems that the CDC did mention to me was that there was like a decreasing access to in-person healthcare providers in some rural areas. And you can see that would be a really helpful solution to that. Well, thanks so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me. And that's our show. Our music is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Annie Reese and Afra Abdullah are our producers. Bergumi Anavalan is our editor. Our healthcare team editors are Eli Reyes, Dan Goldberg, Barbara Vantine, Beth Belton, and Sean Zeller. Jenny Ahmet is the executive producer of audio at Politico. I'm Ben Leonard. Subscribe and follow Pulse Check for a new episode every day. And subscribe to our newsletters where you can read this reporting. Pulse, Future Pulse, and Prescription Pulse. Thanks for listening. 